Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace and Pingdom. I'm Simone de Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon, and I'm here with Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft. I want a desk update. I want a desk update right Uh now. Give me a desk update. Emergency. All right, so the desk has arrived. I am still waiting for the installers to come install it, mm-hmm. but I did successfully get it inside my apartment, which wasn't super easy because, like, the top weighs 66 pounds, but I did it. I did it by myself. Go me. Mm. Um, slight problem, though, guys. So my chair yeah. shipped broken. Oh, um. What? How? <laughs> this is like your $2,000 chair, right? Yes. Yeah, $1,500. Yeah. So it's it, just been it, sitting peacefully in a box in your apartment for like three weeks. Right. And it is broken. So uh, I have been attempting to com- contact Herman Miller. Their phone support is only open for a limited period of time. And I was on hold for two and a half hours on Tuesday. Uh, unsuccessful getting through to them that way. I did get an email response where they've assured me that they will send me a new chair, but we'll have to follow up in the coming days. So oh. I don't know. So it, okay, it will be- okay, that's that's really and I'm and I could tell from your Twitter like you're about to literally like if you could murder someone through the phone that was about <laughs> to happen. But I am asking because you shared with us an Instagram post of someone trying the accursed candy corn the turkey flavored (gasps) candy corn Uh and i watched this video and i've come to believe that christina if you eat like i'm on the hook for five simone's on the hook for five you're currently on the hook for i believe it's 26 and i think you're gonna die if your office is not clean soon you're you're, you're exactly right you're exactly right i i I will say this this is how i'm planning on handling the the candy corn debacle so I will obviously do as we all do with the initial five, you know, eating one by one so that we can capture our reactions and and die. The rest of them, <laughs> you guys, this is straight up like a this is straight up a, a sorority Christina. Like we you just you just swallow. You just like <laughs> oh, you just God. I, oh, God. that works multiple ways, but I'm actually referring to drinking, but you 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 just, just you just swallow. Just the whole corn, no chewing. Yes. Oh, Lord. Christina, this is going to be so awful. <laughs> but it's going to be great audio content. Should we have her sign something that we're yeah, not I legally liable? I was just going to ask you, Brie, if you know yeah. how legally liable we are. I'd say... Or, sorry, pretty, I mean you. Yeah, how legally yeah, liable <laughs> you are. We'll have... I, I, I will I, say this now. I give you. I, I. I. I will give you indemnity. I will offer okay. you Ooh. both indemnity. Rocket okay, the great. show. Mike. Great. Steven. Everybody has indemnity. I. What I'm saying is, I will fulfill my obligation to eat all of these horrid things, but I'm not going to chew them one by one. Like it, it will either be swallowing them whole, or it will be like putting a handful in my mouth and chewing just enough so I can swallow them. Like that's. This is oh, the name of the God. game. The, the, Disgusting. The, the, the weird thing is I can actually hear you winking when you said we had indemnity and I I don't know if that's gonna hold up (laughs) it's on tape we have it on tape we can just edit edit, you absolutely do you have it on tape just just get rid of that part where you claim to hear me winking I'm 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 offering you absolution here I'm not gonna hold either of you accountable I love you I worry I still worry that it's like 
your ability to sense poison is an evolutionary trait to stop you from eating things that yes. could harm <laughs> you. And I'm worried that it's like there's a natural amount that you can eat of this substance. And by the way, y'all, if you actually watch the Instagram of this, the person trying this one by one, it is, I've never seen any horror movie that scared me <laughs> as much as this. Because he's oh going God. candy corn by candy corn. He's describing it as like, this one is like expired milk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. You guys, I'm not that concerned. I put worse things in my, in my body, I'm sure. It's okay. just sugar with bad flavorings. It's going to be really, really terrible. I'm not denying that. But... I mean, it has to be better than going on hot ones. Like that, to me, is is my idea <laughs> oh, of hell. Oh man! So Sorry, I would I would do that in a in an instant. But listen, we've got to get to the show. The candy corn. We'll come back to the candy corn. Don't worry. Week after week. Um, apologies for any weird audio on my end. I'm recording with my little go mic in a hotel room. Um, and more on that on what I'm doing this week. But first, we are going to jump right in with a quick. Apple versus Epic update, our ongoing soap opera, our favorite soap opera. So Apple is countersuing Epic and accusing it of breach of contract and outright theft. Um, and on top of that, starting September 11th, uh, you're going to need to change your login credentials for your Epic account if you currently use sign in with Apple, because as of September 11th, uh, you will no longer be able to log into your Epic account with your Apple ID. Now, uh, regarding the countersuit, Christina, I know you had some quick thoughts on the language used in it and this installment of Apple versus Epic. Yeah. I mean, first of all, this needs to be a TV show because this is just ridiculous. Every week so on, on, exciting. On, well, yeah, but it's just the pettiness. I just want somebody to create like a, a succession style show about this. Uh, oh, God. Anyway. I hope that this is season four of succession or season Honestly, five. Holy Honestly, crap. yes. Right? Exactly. So it, it would be amazing. Uh, I will say this. I, you know, I'm team no one. I'm team drama. I don't love some of the language in the lawsuit. I realize that lawyers write, uh, you know, complaints and, and not PR people. But the communications here, super not great from my perspective to basically outline all the different public APIs and SDKs that Epic uses and to basically insinuate that all of Epic's value for for Fortnite as a whole, not just for iOS or macOS, is dependent upon Apple. Uh, not, not a great look, in my opinion. And that's kind of where I am with this. I also think that regardless of the validity of you know them getting rid of the developer account and other stuff, to basically, there are, are two days that, you know, Epic has to basically try to tell anybody who had signed up for an account with a sign-in with Apple option that they have to migrate to another way of mm -hmm. logging in. That that doesn't seem super consumer-friendly because ultimately, you know, these are Apple's customers as well. Seems very consumer-hostile, very developer-hostile to me. And I, I don't want to make this a topic, but I just want to say... The language that I saw that Marco uh, was posting from the uh, from their uh, from their filing just seemed really 
I, I hate to use this word, but arrogant. It really did. Yes. It seemed to be taking developers for granted. It had this this approach to it like, well, developers are just here like stealing from the Apple ecosystem. And the truth <laughs> right. is people wouldn't, the iPhone would not have the value without all the cool things that developers build. Yep. We are giving to Apple's ecosystem. So um, again, I'm just team everyone sucks here. So Team drama, team everyone sucks. I, I do think I do think it's very consumer unfriendly to uh, change the sign-in thing. And I also suspect that for a lot of people, they're going to be mad at Epic and not Apple when they can't get into their Epic account. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that's true. It could go both ways, though, right? Because you're signing with Apple. Um, the only thing that I, I think that was a good thing there is that the number of people who have probably chosen that option... I have to think is very small. That doesn't excuse it. And that doesn't make it any less consumer hostile. But I, I, on the whole, you know, that that's going to uh, hopefully be a very small percentage mm-hmm. of Epic users. A good reminder, and it, we are we're, we're moving on very soon, but a good reminder that even though the ease of choosing, oh, sign in with Facebook account, sign in with Apple ID, how easy that is. We shouldn't do it. We should just make a new password. It's always the right option every time Um, because sometimes sometimes things happen. All right. Exciting Xbox news. So uh, this week it was announced that Xbox Series X pre-orders start on September 22nd. The box will ship on November 10th and we have prices, official prices, $499 for the Series X. But wait, that was perhaps not the biggest news for Xbox of this week because uh, much leaked and then announced was a second smaller console called the Xbox Series S because we simply love naming conventions and how they sound to your ears on podcasts. The two best sounds for your ears to hear when I say them with into my little microphone are the X sound and the S sound. And I'm sure our editor Jim is rolling in joy. Anyway, Wow, let me go back to this very exciting console announcement. Xbox Series S. It's a smaller version. Looks much more like a traditional console, uh, but it also features the fa- a fast new SSD and high frame rate gameplay. Uh, Microsoft says it is targeting 1440p gameplay at 60 FPS with support for even higher refresh rates, depending, I think, on your system. Um, and that is only $299. Um, and it's smaller. It's the smallest Xbox, quote unquote, ever. Uh, both of these systems are being offered with this bundle called Xbox All Access, uh, which basically splits the cost of the console plus Game Pass Ultimate and Xbox Live. Uh, so your online services and then Game Pass, which lets you play all of the things without buying all of the things. Um, and you would pay monthly for that across 24 months. So for the Series X, that ends up at $34.99. For the S, it ends up at $25 a month. Um, and then when you're looking at the price of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and Xbox Live, what you would end up paying uh, per in gadget at the end of the 24 months if you got the Xbox Series S would be $600 which does sound like a lot, but as they pointed out, like Game Pass, and as everyone has been freaking saying, Game Pass is such a good deal. Um, so this is this is super cool news, and also like uh, because we live in a world where Sony has yet 
to <laughs> tell us anything firm about the PlayStation 5. It's a world where Xbox and Microsoft is just kind of like dancing out, handing out $300 consoles that will play all of the next-gen games at 60 FPS, which the current like Xbox One and the Xbox One S don't necessarily do. And they're just like, have the next-gen it's so cheap. Come join us. And they're making Sony look really bad. That's my summary. Take it away. So I have a contrary opinion here. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. But okay, well, first of all, I'm I'm going to buy this. I'm gonna buy the five hundred dollar version just flat out. Um, and I, I really do understand they're trying to bundle games together or produce like a, a Netflix as a service thing. But as you just said, Simone, everyone's talking like, oh, Xbox Game Pass is such a good deal. It's such a good deal. It's such a great deal. I actually don't think it's that great a deal. And I'd like to really deconstruct what you get with this. So they are committing to letting you play the, the Microsoft Studios games on launch day, the day they come out. So the big games, uh, Halo, Gears of War, uh, Battletoads would be included in there. So many of the, the, the Microsoft Xbox exclusive games are there. That's good. That's 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 the strongest part of this value because in general, the the best games on Xbox uh, are those exclusives that come from Microsoft Studios. But I just want to take a look at what the newest games are that they are unveiling for Xbox Xbox Game Pass today. Okay, you've got Resident Evil Seven, which came out many years ago. Star Renegades, kind of a low-budget indie game. You've got Black Desert, this terrible MMO <laughs> from three years ago. Dark Crystals, a very, very mediocre Final Fantasy uh, tactics ripoff. You've got Wasteland 3. I've played it. It's okay. Drake Hollow is very good. But my overall message here is there's most of these games on here are older and I, yeah, I do but, think, well, if I could finish, like yeah. I think a lot of people are going to feel that they are getting all the games in the entire world. And that's just not true. There's a value here, but it's, it's going to be older AAA games and Microsoft first party stuff. So, I mean, do you have a different opinion, Christina? I do actually. So sure. a, they just announced that EA play is going to be part yep. of this, this holiday season. So that's massive uh, yep. because that was a, a previous, I think, you know, five or $10 a month service. This is now going to be included with Xbox um, uh, game pass. There are two versions of game pass. There's the version for, uh, you know, just for Xbox. And then there's ultimate, which also includes it for PC. I think you can just get the PC version as well. I think that's actually an important thing. Not all the games that are available for Xbox are available on the PC, but more are coming. But for instance, on the PC, Flight Simulator, uh, to uh, you know, the newest version of Microsoft Flight Simulator is available. Uh, that's a first-party game, as you mentioned, but that's still a massive game. Red Dead uh, Redemption 2 is available. Uh, GTA 5 was available for a long time. It left, but that goes on sale all the time. But Red Dead, you know, 2, as well as, you know, the, the DLC stuff is available. Uh, you're right that you're not going to get every single AAA title. And and you're also right that some of the stuff is going to be older. But I think that when you look at kind of the value prop, it's still really good. And it's 
I, I, I honestly think the audience that they're going after is not the people who are going to be, who frequently spend $60 a pop on games, but people who wait for stuff to go on sale or maybe come at it later, maybe even more than a year later, or, or just want to help have, uh, you know, new things to discover. So I actually, you know, uh, I do get it at a discount, but I, I do pay for it. And I get tremendous value from it. I've certainly discovered games and played things that I wouldn't have bought otherwise. So I I agree with you insofar as it's not going to have everything under the sun, although adding the EA stuff and, and they've been beefing up some of the other offerings certainly makes it better. But I've also been really, really impressed with the stuff that is there and what we've seen, you know, kind of get added um, over time, especially stuff that I might not be willing to want to pay for, you know, things like, you know, uh, Jackbox stuff, where it's like, okay, I like these games, but I don't want to spend 20 or $30 on it. It makes it really easy to then say, oh, but I've got it as part of this subscription, and I'm willing to give it a chance. And I'll also say, I think for the audience that's being targeted with this console, which is, it's not the audience who's like, got their 4k TV ready to go and it's incredible when 20 hertz refresh rate, et cetera, et cetera. It's the audience that maybe is like families getting a console upgrade for their kids or something like that. Or um, people who just don't necessarily need that need or are interested in the cutting edge stuff, but still want a console that plays games well. And I think for people like that, they probably they they may not have kept up with all of those previous releases. Um, and I know for me, I, I think that there's certainly there's always older games that I'm like, oh, I need I need to play that. And the likelihood is that they're probably on Game Pass. Um, I will never buy an Xbox because I don't enjoy using them. But <laughs> 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 sorry. However, I, I do think for the, the audience that's being targeted with a $300 console, which in this day and age is a like it's an incredibly reasonable price for a new console, especially one that has stats on paper as good as this one has. I think that it is uh, very attractive as a deal. I and I I completely agree. Like this is this is it's it's trying to be a Netflix product, and I think I think they're executing that vision for that audience very very clearly. Mm-hmm. But as far as you know, I'm a hardcore gamer. Is I'm it game more the Game Pass right? Ultimate with the Series X bundle that you're like, eh, I don't know about that. I, yeah, exactly. Because as far as new stuff that's be coming out for Xbox, like new stuff that you could not get on a past system you're not going to, at least at first, going to be getting a lot of stuff that's new. So, um, I mean, I was more excited for PlayStation 5. I think the specs are better. I think the experience, the UI is better on PlayStation. I think it's a better product overall. And I've said many times on this show, I think Microsoft and Xbox have really lost their way as far as putting out exclusives. If you look at the stuff from the last generation that really is going to stand the test of time, I, I think historians are going to look and say Gears of War lost its way, Halo lost its way, uh, Forza lost its way. And I think if you look at something like Metal Gear Solid Five, which is a masterpiece by any definition, I, I really do think that stuff is going to stand the test of time better. If they're going for a more casual audience this time around, ones that aren't going to fork you know, $60 out for games at the very beginning, 
I'm very skeptical that Microsoft's first party studios. Well, but that's what the X, that's what the Series X is for. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think that I, I actually, you know, I don't disagree with you in terms of the the last generation. Xbox obviously lost and 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 no one is going to kind of argue that otherwise. Although I do think that Chris Plant wrote a really good article in Polygon this week, kind of his eulogy for the Xbox talking about all the ways it was frankly too early, not in a way kind of saying, oh, this should have been, you know, huge, but literally being like the the tech and the things we weren't ready for it and, and we weren't uh and and you're exactly right you know playstation had much better exclusives but i do think that this strategy of, of launching kind of bifurcated console release is smart i think it makes a lot more sense than sony having a version of the ps5 that what you know doesn't have a a, a dvd drive and is probably going to be 50 dollars less but we don't even know because they haven't announced that to me that's actually really lazy to me it's like shit or get off the pot sony like either decide to get rid of physical discs or don't but doing this this weird like you know um kind of you know bifurcated launch thing when the other specs are identical i'm not a fan of that in this case, you're talking about a console that's two hundred dollars difference in price. It has the well, basically the same CPU. It's clocked at a different speed, but it's the same, you know, um, um, uh, you know, um, uh, nanometer uh, SOC base. Um, different GPU. It's going to be targeting, you know, fourteen forty p monitors and and not four um, K stuff. Uh, and and a different price point. But then you've got you know the other one, which is which is going to be more hardcore. I feel like that makes sense because you're basically saying to people. You'll be able to play all the next gen games. And if you want this, you know, higher fidelity experience, you've got this option. If you just want to get something for the the kids or the family, you've got this other option. It's going to come down ultimately to games. But I, you know, we've seen this go like switch in a second before. I'm not willing to say mm-hmm. that the next generation has been decided yet because I don't think that it is. I think that especially with COVID, you know, and with, with the way that games have been delayed and there have been problems kind of getting stuff out, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. But I mean, you know, Sony lost PS3, Xbox 360. They lost that hard. Uh, and, you know, Mike, uh, uh, Sony, or not Sony, uh, Nintendo came back, you know, with Switch and has better third-party support than they've ever had in history. So, you know... I there's a part of me who thinks that, yeah, you do risk turning off your hardcore gaming fans and maybe not getting those future exclusives. And then there's another part of me that thinks if you could win something in volume, um, whether it's through a bundle or lower cost options or whatever the case may be, that's the sort of thing that could convince studios to say, okay, we want to develop uh, an exclusive for this platform. Uh, and and obviously that's never going to bring you know Spider Man to Xbox, but that that that's not to say that there couldn't be a universe where there would be really exciting exclusives available for Xbox that uh, you know get even you know the the biggest you know PlayStation fanboys and girls excited. We just don't I know. I wonder what... I, I've been sitting here suffering because of what you said, Brie, about uh, the PlayStation having a better user experience made me <laughs> turn to dust as I realized that I'm going to end up paying more probably for a UI that I like because I am a true Apple consumer. <laughs> <laughs> well, they may fix it for the next one. We haven't seen the UI yet, right? But I mean, my message here is I, I, I'm really, I swear, I'm not disagreeing with either of you. I agree with every word you're saying. I, I think it's, it's, 
about? I think it's about how does Microsoft write the ship with hardcore gamers? And that is getting Microsoft Studios to put out bold new IPs. If you look at the launch games that are coming with the Xbox Series X, it's it's retreads of games that have come out before. You've got uh, Gears of War Tactics, a XCOM uh, version of Gears of War that came out for PC. Got decent reviews, didn't burn anything up. You've got Yakuza, you've got Destiny 2, you've got Assassin's Creed. I mean, these are all kind of known things. So what I want to see is a Microsoft Studios that can ship one of my favorite games, Gears of War, and make that the best over-the-shoulder shooter on the market. Again, something it just was not this next generation. I don't have faith, given this being the vision, that they're going to make that kind of massive monetary investment that that's going to take to really turn this around. Uh but then again, maybe because you have a bigger player base playing Forza and Gears of War, if they're successful and just bringing in massive numbers of people, maybe the games will follow in a year or two. I just don't currently have faith in that vision. And we shall stay tuned to the releases of the new games uh, here on Rocket. And this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of their great award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. Imagine... If somebody came and knocked on my hotel room door right now and they were like, why are you talking so loud at 10 o'clock at night? What are Mm -hmm. you doing? And I would tell them (laughs) that Squarespace plans started just $12 a month. And that was so loud. I totally peeked to this this wonderful little microphone. I would tell them... (laughs) To go to my freaking, go to freaking squarespace.com and look at those templates. And they would be like, uh, I already looked at Squarespace and familiarized myself with their product line. And I'd be like, no, because they've got new templates now. I don't know how new they are specifically because I didn't redesign my website for a little while. But then I went back semi-recently, like a month ago to look at it. And I was like, dang, those are new. So what? That's cool. And then I had to look at them. And then my whole life was turned upside down because new templates are good. They're great. And you can customize them based on whatever you're doing. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. But you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash rocket. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code ROCKET to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. And to show your support for Rocket. Once again, that is squarespace.com slash rocket and the code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase. 
We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website. Howdy, <laughs> y'all. I, I really hope I really hope that the other people in your hotel have heard you and come and you're able to just tell them about the greatness of Squarespace. I think they're probably just like lying in their beds, eyes wide open, staring at the ceiling, whispering, what the hell? <laughs> What's happening down there? Do you- Jane, do you hear that? What is she doing? <laughs> Why is she talking so loud? <laughs> it's 10 p.m. and we're in Vermont. What's happening? So, uh, happy 35th birthday to Mario. Oh! Woohoo! Wow. Nintendo keeps having these, like, little sneaky directs where they're like, oh, is it Tuesday? Oh, Jeremy, launch the direct. Let the people know what we're up to over here at Nintendo. <laughs> this is our accent now. <laughs> I don't know. It was like a, I don't know, a Tennessee I don't know, river queen. I don't know. Okay. So anyway, that's what they're doing over there at Nintendo. This week... Uh, they had a little direct basically celebrating the 35th anniversary of Super- the original Super Mario Bros. And they announced, <laughs> announced, and you guys know that I'm not drunk this time because I was just telling you how I can't. <laughs> I, I was trying to help you. Simone is in a town where it is it is not dry, but uh, the convenience stores and liquor stores close very, very early and I was not able to find a place for her to get wine <laughs> at this at this early hour of of, of the evening. Ugh, so so many things have been announced, and let's talk about them because you guys were super super duper excited for this event. Oh, I'm so happy, this as was you know, yeah. I am baby. Yeah, I was gonna say. So one of the cool things they did, if you go to the Nintendo uh, website, is they have this like Super Mario um, uh, 35 website or something, and there is like a way for you to basically pick out like what's your Mario like what 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 is your like this is my Mario image and so if you go to supermario35.com basically shows you like hey here's the history of all the iterations of Mario what's the one that you associate as your Mario and and Brianna's Mario is obviously the the Super Mario Brothers 2 Mario minus yeah. my, my, minus Super Mario Brothers 3 greatest game of all time uh but uh but 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 uh Simone you're uh I was I was trying to figure out I was like was your Mario were you like Nintendo 64 Mario what were you but turns out you were actually uh, uh Super Mario World Mario I um, was yep 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 um sorry wait were you fin- finish your thought what <laughs> <laughs> no, so I was just I mean, you're saying I'm baby because you know we we know that you weren't like allowed to really play games a lot as a kid. Yeah, so this is why it was hard for me to figure out because it was at my next door neighbor's house. She had what I now believe that it was the SNES, right? Yep, it was SNES. There was Yoshi. There was a map that you would go to the different you know little islands. Yes. Yes. Yep. There was definitely a map. And the reason the only reason I could actually pick it out was because I remember playing Dixie Kong's Double Trouble on that freaking yep. yeah. thing. And so I, I, great, I great, great backwards game. researched from there of like, okay, what was this on? Okay, it was on this. Then what was this? Anyway, so that was my Mario. All right. So there is so much news to pick apart from this Nintendo Direct. I rarely watch the whole thing, 
But this was just absolutely chock-a-block exploding with news. So good. So, so one of the the I think the thing that got the most attention is Mario Kart's, but in real life, yeah, that you race on your floor. So what they're putting out is a set of uh, Mario Karts with Mario and Luigi, and uh, you put out four gates, and the idea is you drive uh, through those four gates around your house, and you're actually looking on your Switch and playing against. You're playing Mario Kart. Oh my god! On the floor. Yes, yeah, using it's AR. Simulating. Yeah using AR um, I think this just looks brilliant I'm not sure it's going to be a better Mario Kart experience but I do think no. it'll be fun it's what a fun the, game it's, yeah. it's a really fun game like the, my only critique with it because it looks like so much fun and if I had kids uh, I would love it um, I think that it, it you know obviously really kind of takes that you know personal like experience of where you'd be racing cars around the house to the next level it's not dissimilar from using like RC cars or whatever but now you're controlling it with your Switch my only critique is if you live in an apartment or a smaller kind of spaced area, this is not going to work. This this is really a thing for like, you know, people who live in in bigger houses. So that that puts me out of the the running on this. I just don't have the floor space, but I am a big uh, I'm a big fan of, of the of the concept for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I have enough room to do it. So I think it's 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 more for people with enough space i think people live in new york or in apartments or sol but it's 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 a fun idea and i think this is what nintendo does best which is yeah bring really innovative fun ideas uh out yeah there. they're so. really good at, at at finding finding the ways that especially kids can access their games through a different route well they're really they're really good at play yes, right yeah, like, i think exactly. that's the thing like they're really good at play they're really good at whimsy i mean i think that there's a reason where like the my mario thing could resonate with all of us even simone who didn't have her own consoles is that you're talking about a franchise that for 35 years has been like even now you see little kids they have mario backpacks and lunch boxes mm-hmm. and and they they love and, and t-shirts and they love that stuff it's not a franchise that has become suddenly uncool you know, for 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 kids. If anything, really it's, it's gotten it's it's real. It's real. If anything, it's kind of gotten cooler yes. over time. There was, you know, there there's like there been dips and and drops. But like I have like a, a Mario backpack, a Nintendo backpack that I got a few years ago that I still get comments on every time I I I wear it. And um, I don't know. I think there's something special about the fact that why that my Mario thing works is that so many people in so many different generations have these experiences. And and it it sticks with you, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it started in your childhood, but it sticks with you. But I just think to myself, like drawing in first grade when Super Mario three came out, like I would draw, you know, Mario characters in my notebook. You know, like those are the yeah. things that I would do, and that's an experience that generations of kids even today still have. And that's kind of that's kind of awesome. Like I can't think of many other properties in any medium that still has that sort of resonance after this long period of time. So what is the thing from this uh, direct that got you the most excited, Christina? 3D All-Stars, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. What is that? So it is, so Super Mario All-Stars, for people who aren't familiar, it was one of the best, like, uh, you know, games, I think, ever. And that they took the four original um, 8-bit Mario games, upgraded them to 16-bit, put them on um, the um, Super Nintendo, and then added save states, which you didn't have before. And that was, you know, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers 3, and then the Lost Levels, which was 
releases Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan. Um, Super Mario 3D All-Stars is a similar thing, except it is going to be Super Mario 64, um, Super Mario Brothers uh, Sunshine, which was kind of a sequel to that that came out for GameCube, which I played and loved, but many people have never played, and then Super Mario Galaxy for the Wii. So um, that comes out on the 18th. I'm so excited to have, frankly, like Super Mario 64 on a, uh, on, on the Switch. I, I cannot wait. But um, also, I haven't played Super Mario Sunshine or Galaxy in such a long time. So I'm I'm so excited about that because, you know, Super Mario 64 is one of those like transformational games for me. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it holds up. Um, yeah. But I, I, I but but I'm still super excited to you know, play with Mario's face at the opening and, and to, you know, <laughs> and, and, to, and to have like, you know, to remember where things were hidden around the castle and, and the various, you know, stars and different levels. And I, I'm just really excited. I, so I've never played Sunshine or Galaxy. Um, so I'm really excited to, to finally play those for the first time. I guess maybe it's just a difference in perspective. Like I have nostalgia for Super Mario 64, but the speedrunning community for that is so hardcore that it's yeah. just like one of these games, like I'm never going to pick it up and try to compete with that. If you watch Super Mario speed <laughs> run, 64 speed runs, they're, they're depressing. They're they so are. amazing. They um, are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, because of that, I was actually really disappointed with, this was the thing that really broke my heart. So my favorite game, uh, Mario game uh, of the last, uh, really since Super Mario 2 has been Super Mario 3D World. This was the one that came out for Wii U. It is so yeah. unbelievably good. It's a great game. It is so good. It's good for co-op. This is the game design. This is so brilliant because Frank, who has a frankly much lower video game skill than I do, <laughs> can pick this up and play along with me. Because if I shoot on ahead, he just pops into a bubble and floats along. So if he's having trouble in a section, he just gets carried along. So it ends up being this wonderfully fun couch co-op game as far as speed running it is a great really great game to speed run and when this comes to switch i'm going to put some serious hours into this which is why i was so heartbroken to see they're delaying it until next year in february and it's like yeah go ahead i think as far as disappointments go it is sad but i think that it's going to be okay I don't think it's going to be okay, Simone. I know you need but, but, it now. No. I know you need it in 2020, you but no. you're going to live. I mean, honestly, it might be better if it doesn't come out in 2020. It might be might be better as a 2021 thing. I don't know. Like, I think it sucks that it's delayed, but it, you know, um, I would, I'm sure you'd rather be right than not right. Yes. Like, like I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. I mean, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the reason for the delay is. I'm assuming it's just not ready. So oh, I'm assuming they're just spacing it out. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I, just I, I feel wreck like your life because <laughs> I because I feel like they're fairly distinct audience. Um, where I don't, I don't know actually, if they're distinct. People hang on, pay Brie, for it. I know yes. why they're freaking delaying it because they know that you're working during election season. <laughs> That's probably and they're true. trying yeah. to save exactly democracy. Yeah. Oh yes. my god, yes. they yes. know they don't want you to get distracted. Keep your eyes on the prize. 
That's fair. true. That's fair. Uh, can we just give a, before we move on, there was one other game that came out that I'm really excited from this Nintendo Direct, which is Super Mario Brothers, a battle royale version of this. Super Mario Bros. 35. Oh my God. Yeah. Hell yeah. This is and nuts. It's like if you designed a game for me, so you're speed running Super Mario Brothers 1, but with 35 players. And as you defeat enemies, you spawn that on the other players' uh, screen. So they're going to be trying to to do Super Mario Brothers 1 1, but there's gonna be like an army of 9 million Goombas there, now, like trying to kill them. What's the deal? So, the piece I read about this says it's only available, it's available from October 1st until March 31st. Yeah, what? that I don't, that I don't love. Um, I did buy the physical copy because I don't trust these these people when it comes to my online games i'm like i'm getting this physical so you can't take this away from me but yeah i don't love that i don't love this whole disney vault thing but um if it was just a ploy to get people like me to you know pony up the 60 dollars like guaranteed i mean congratulations it worked (laughs) (laughs) i guess so yeah yeah quite odd quite odd nintendo but they are they're celebrating the 35th anniversary by doing some cool stuff so Good on them. Uh, although, you know what? I feel really old now because I have a 25th anniversary uh, um, Wii. Like, they came out yeah. with the Super Mario Brothers, like, Wii 10 years ago. Like, and it was it, the end of the Wii's life, and I already had a Wii. But I was like, I'm going to get the, the Super Mario themed one, which, of course, I did. And now I'm like, okay, well, I need to pull that thing out and, and play that, my red Wii. But I just can't believe that was 10 years ago. What do we think about the uh, Game & Watch classic? The portable Game & Watch? Now, hang on a minute. Line. I need yeah. to say something really important. This okay. episode of Pingdom... No. This episode <laughs> of Rocket... <laughs> this episode of Rocket... Spoilers. Wow. Who? Guess. Guess who it's sponsored by. Um, I, I, Ping, Ping, Pingdom? Pingdom from Solar Winds. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Pingdom from Solar Winds. Do you have a website? And does your website have a shopping cart registration forms or contact us pages? If you answered yes to any of those questions, you need Pingdom. Nobody wants their critical website transactions to fail. That means a bad experience for your users and could mean lost business for you. But the good news is you can set up a transaction monitoring with Pingdom. Transaction monitoring, oh, I'm peeking again. Transaction monitoring will alert you when cart checkout forms and login pages fail. And as you know, those are really crucial parts of your website where people will bounce off if things don't freaking work. Bef- you, so you, you'll be alerted before those outages affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these fail in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted, depending on the outage severity. Something you can fix? Yeah, sure. Something that you need the emergency IT person to fix? You you make sure that they know, and they're the first person to know. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. And if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. Unless you haven't set it up that way. But no, I think they'll just let you know anyway, because you're the customer. It's super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, use the code ROCKET at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. That is, again, pingdom.com slash RelayFM for a 14-day free trial. And then code ROCKET at checkout for 30% off. 
Thank you so much, Pingdom from Solar Winds, for their support of this show and Relay FM. What about that Game & Watch Physical Edition, Brianna Wu? I, I mean, how did I, I'm more curious what both of you think about it. Let me be freaking honest with you guys. I don't remember yeah. this. I don't know what Game & Watch is. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> so I've never even seen a Game & Watch. Uh, so Game & Watch is the product that came out before the NES. And uh, it was one of Nintendo's first forays into games. It was basically a, think of a Tiger handheld, but yeah. for, with uh, with uh, Nintendo stuff on it. So uh, yeah, uh, it's a really ancient thing. Mr. Game & Watch comes from it. And they're putting this back out, like a new Game & Watch with this it's frankly kind of dumb. It's got Super Mario Brothers 2 and Super Mario Brothers 1 on it with a little LCD screen and a couple of, of games and a cool watch. Um, and then they say it's got 35 surprises inside. But it's basically like a, a tiny uh, Game Boy Advance that only has Super right, Mario one 1 game. on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, okay, I will say this. It is better, in my opinion, than the stupid like um, Game Gear Mini that, that Sega is doing in Japan because that's just the dumbest freaking thing. Um, because that has like a different selection of games that you can get for each one. And, and maybe it's just the fact that I don't, have fond memories of the Game Gear because you know it, it, it's the Game Gear. Game Gear um, sucks. I'll I'll just put that out there. Yeah, I mean it, it's not a it, it was it was bad. Uh, I'm so glad my mom would not let me trade my um, Game Boy for a Game Gear to uh, David Johnson in 1992 <laughs> because because actually that was the thing I convinced him he he got the Game Gear for for Christmas I got the Game Boy and I successfully convinced him that you know the Game Boy even though it wasn't color and, and all this stuff was was going to be far and away the better system and and so I was going to trade all my stuff and accessories and he was going to trade all his stuff and accessories and then our moms were like you're not doing this <laughs> and um I I'm so wise, glad wise wise mothers uh, well, you know, I think that she was just more mad. She was like, we bought you this thing and now you're saying it's not good enough. And I mean, I was, but also uh, she was right. And <laughs> and ultimately that Game Boy, like would I, if I hadn't traded it in for a Game Boy Color, would still be working today because those things are tanks. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like I have, I, the, the Game & Watch, you know, predated me, um, it was still sold, I think, technically when I was alive, but I, I've never seen one. I haven't um, either. I, I, think th- I, I think it's a cool, like, collectible thing, but I have no nostalgia related, like, associated with it, so I don't care if that makes any sense. I'm having a weird feeling looking at it like I like it. Like, I'm looking yeah. at a picture of it right now. It's this kind of beautiful the gold great. rectangle with red edges. And I actually, and you guys know that I generally don't give a crap about the the way that vintage hardware looks but i like the way that this looks and i'm i'm having trouble grappling with that however i'm confused it is not a watch no am, is right. the in the world where i'm using this to tell time am i like pulling this out of my pocket and looking at it like ah there yes. is the time that is the paradigm so that's what people were doing back in 1980 I I guess I I've never seen one. I've Me never either. played it, and it's it's. I guess my only thing with this is I wonder how hackable it is. Did Nintendo invent it- the cell phone, the iPhone, by putting games and a watch together? <laughs> kind of. Okay. Kind of. I mean, I mean, I will say this: like when you look back at it, it is pretty revolutionary and pretty 
ahead of its time for what they were were doing with portable stuff, uh, especially back then. Um, and they had different colors and different things. And I believe that the way that this new, mo- this, you know, kind of, you know, 35th anniversary edition thing, it like doesn't completely match what the design was of, of the ones back then, but it's styled like, but they had, you know, these terrible um, like LED screens that had like you know, pixels on it. As Bree said, it was basically a tiger handheld. Oh, yeah. These original ones look terrible. Right. And so, I mean, I, I really only have any sort of memory of, 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 you know, Mr. Game & Watch. I have, like, the amiibo of that and, and obviously know that from, like, its appearances in various games. But, like, I, I have no other concept of of this. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's cool that they're doing something like that. I'm with you, Bree. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how hackable it is. Although, yeah. at this point, like, I have so many raspberry pi things that i don't know if that would be enough for me to be like i'm gonna spend 50 dollars on this there's you know never what I mean? been a really good famous uh, last well, fair enough right no uh i mean i've really tried hard to produce a uh a raspberry pi based uh super mario brothers 2 uh unit uh in like a handheld factor to practice speed running on and it's there's never been a great experience with that so if this is running on the same kind of architecture as the nes classic and maybe hackchi works with it i can see a lot of value for it then because then if you're able to dump you know nes roms on it i mean like giddy up like go for a ton of money on ebay other than that um i'm probably going to sit it out so I mean, it does come out the day after my birthday, so there is there is that aspect of it. And Nintendo always does this; they always release like Mario stuff and and anniversary stuff like right at my birthday. Um, and and of course, the Xbox Series X and Series S is coming out on the tenth of November, so everybody just basically wants me to to buy video games for my birthday. And Sony's probably going to announce the PS Five to come out like around my birthday as well. So I think. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll have to see how hackable it is because that that could make it interesting more for you than for me. But because I, you know, I'm super excited about that. Um, what was that thing that we spent three hundred dollars on the the um, the the GBA console, Brie? What what was the thing that we bought? The, the, um, that's built from aluminum. Oh God! What I was that? I have no idea what we're talking about. What <laughs> the Game Boy Advance thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the thing from uh, the company that makes like the Play. the FPGA. Oh, FPGA. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah, right, you, right, right. The analog, the analog, yeah, the analog, analog, analog yeah. the analog. But the that's analog, not going to uh, be thing. here till next year. You're right. That will be much better when it. Yeah, does I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say we've already spent money on our analog pockets. I know it won't be here until next year. But if that's since that's the case, I mean. I would even say for you, Brie, for your speed running, like you're gonna be much happier with that than yeah, very true. Than, than, than with like the than with whatever quality of of the game and watch is. Very fair. All right, is it time for dessert? Would you ladies like some yes. dessert? Can I get oh, you yeah, ladies some yeah. dessert? Oh, this week, a Twitter user went somewhat viral for uh, staying in an Airbnb that they say perhaps was home to satanic rituals so it was lovely <laughs> it was it does look freaking lovely twitter user fred t joseph posted a bunch of pictures from an airbnb that he went to with his eight-year-old brother drove eight hour three hours with the eight-year-old brother for a getaway and found the house with seemingly arcane markings on the floor and occult objects 
uh, ritualistic markings, uh, evidence of satanic activity. <laughs> um, and there's this great piece from Anna Merlin on Motherboard. She has it's so good. Investi- she's done the work, folks. She investigated. Um, she called the, uh, she contacted Airbnb and the owner of the Airbnb and the owner of the Airbnb is like, you can get this stuff at a bodega. This is the quote. This is is kitsch. None of this is a cult. (laughs) Uh, What do we think about this though? What do we think about this? (laughs) Yet another failure from Airbnb. Yet another disappointment. Well, I'm going to say this. As somebody who stayed in a legit hell site Airbnb where our host kicked us out for complaining and, and trying to contact, you know, Airbnb about the fact that the place we were staying in was not what was described and they were charging us, I believe it was $600 a night. And we had to fight, you know, tooth and nail with Airbnb to get our money back, including, you know, paying for the hotel that we had to get in. You know, there was mildew and it was gross and there were dead animals and there was a weird boat in the backyard that if you'd actually stood on the boat, you would have like died. Um, I I looked at, at the original Twitter thread before I saw Anna's fantastic reporting, and I was like, I'm sorry, dude, but this looks lovely, and like I, I don't get the outrage. And then after reading Anna's reporting, I actually got kind of mad. I was like, okay, this Twitter mob has has kind of gone after this Airbnb guy, which look maybe some of his furniture and his decorations and stuff would be not family friendly. But the place looked like it looked lovely. I don't know. Yeah, I th- I think certainly some of the the decor, the kitsch decor, I would not put in an Airbnb because I'm a reasonable person and I know families might be staying there. But the like beautiful bathtub overlooking a river outside, perfectly lovely. Um, and it it, it does just seem like like every so often somebody will go viral on Twitter because they're being haunted or they're in a creepy place. And to me, it it does kind of smack of that. Oh my God, it's my moment to go viral. Oh my God, it's my time. Um, attitude, if that makes sense. Like you, you've fallen into a situation that you can exploit for attention online. So better do it. Um, but like, this is obviously not, this it's just a house, man. A house overlooking a beautiful river in the woods. <laughs> I mean, it's like Cindy Chu. Yeah, you know, she's uh, she's my friend, and she was quoted in Anna's uh, article saying, "Like, oh, the bathtub out there looks like perfect for like, like <laughs> bloodletting, like blood over the porch." And I mean, it's a fun story, but there's also a human cost here um, with the the person who was genuinely freaked out by finding their Airbnb the target of this on on Twitter. I I do want to kind of have a little compassion for the person that that made the complaint in the first place because I mean you know, growing up in the South I have run into people that really 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 do believe like there there's there's a real fear of demons in the sure. dark world that that comes in the church and I I try to assume good intent and I I can see how someone would literally see a statue of you know Baphomet and be like this is this is evil and kind of their emotions cause them to see things that weren't really there maybe but in this particular case it is clearly out of proportion with what was at hand i guess my real takeaway is i want to stay at a real demon satanic airbnb <laughs> for the evening i would totally do that Give i think me they're a out there you got it yeah. there's gotta be one out there 
give me yeah. a creepy basement with rituals and a oh my bathtub God, you and would. candles. Oh my God. I you, would totally you, you, do that. You, you want to stay in the saw house, don't you? What? Yeah, something like that would be great. Not a real saw house because I mean, I, 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 yeah. I, I understand <laughs> that. I'm just saying you want to stay in like a saw themed basement, like yeah. like like, a, like, a, like that's oh that's what God. you want. Yeah, that would that's be great. To- no yeah, way. Yeah. So, like 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 you, Brie, I do know people who really believe in like the danger of the occult and stuff like that, and and so I can be open to why you might be displeased. I also know that maybe sometimes stuff gets out there and you don't expect it to to be as viral as it is. But I, th- I think that it got to a place where I wasn't super comfortable. And and also as somebody who has no problem complaining to companies about the service online, I don't know. I just, I would like to stay in this Airbnb is all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like I, this looks like a lovely Airbnb in the Catskills to me. Like, I, I, I was down with the kitsch stuff. Well, if but you ever come I, back to New York, you can look it up. That's I'd have to go to upstate New York, though. See, that's the thing. Well, what's wrong with that, baby? I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't like upstate. <gasps> you don't. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, we have to end the show. Um, Brianna, <laughs> what are you doing this week? Okay. Do you want the serious stuff that I'm doing this week or the non-serious stuff that I'm doing this week? I mean, both. Okay. I'll give you both. So non-serious stuff that uh, we're doing this week. I looked at the speed run times for the original Resident Evil on PlayStation. And I remember what my top time was back in the 1990s. And looking at that, I am certain that even not counting my skills today, that I'm in the top 10 speed runners in the entire world at that game. So I am going to, if I get enough time this week, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to run through Resident Evil, the original one on PSX, and I'm going to set a world record on that. So that's the non-serious stuff that I'm doing. Uh, The serious stuff that I'm doing is Rebellion Pack is bringing someone on board who uh, is a former, uh, uh, basically uh, head of data analytics for a major unicorn tech company that wanted to get out and get involved in the uh, 2020 election. And we are going to be uh, integrating that and using large data to identify likely voters and really target Michigan. Uh, Michigan was lost by only 10,000 votes uh, in 2016. So we are going to identify and make sure that we deliver at least that number for this election, which I'm very excited about. I hope that you get the biggest data available to you. It's going to be huge. Nice. Christina, <laughs> what about you? Um, so I am um, still dealing with the with the desk and office drama now with the addition of hopefully getting retribution for my $1,500 chair. Um, stay tuned to that because uh, speaking of complaining to people online, um, that will happen if if this if that if this is not taken care of. Like there's 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 no uh there's no ifs, ands, or buts on that. I'm going to go full Karen if that's not taken oh, care of. No. Um, could your chair uh, have been broken by a demon? That could get you the uh, oh. results you need. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, but, but but aside from the the desk stuff, yeah, um, you know, we're gearing up. So Microsoft Ignite is in two weeks, and I will be doing hosting duty as I did for Microsoft Build. And as before, my hosting duty is going to be at like, 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. So that's super fun for me. Um, and uh, I mean, it's fine. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, you know, getting ready for that, doing some pre-planning things with that stuff. And uh, yeah, 
that's about it. Uh, not going outside because of the air quality. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I'm mentally, mentally, here is where I am. I, I'm upstate or not upstate. Pff, I left upstate many, many days ago. I'm in New Hampshire, except that right now I'm in Vermont. <laughs> mentally, I am dead. I arrived at my hotel tonight and I was late for check-in and there was no one in the office because, you know, it was like 8 p.m. And obviously it's a tiny town, so they close early. So I was like, okay, well, there's a number here. I'll just call the number. I called the number and then I explained that I was here ready to check in. And then a guy came out, pulled an envelope that was taped to the front of the door that had my name on it in big black Sharpie and was like, here you go. And I was like, thank (sighs) you. I'm so stupid. And then I get out my key. I see the number one on one on it. And I go down. I get to my door and I start to unlock it. I'm like, this key is just not working in the lock. I don't get it. Huh. It's really funny that like the room right next to it is 108. And this one is 101. (laughs) That's so funny that it goes 101 to 108. I tried to unlock the door for another like couple minutes. And then I was like, okay, but remember, Simone, this isn't working. You're not going to ask for help, though, because remember before when you didn't notice the really obvious sign of the envelope in your environment, let's take a pause because you're stupid right now and look around and look for visual evidence of how to get this door unlocked. And I looked at the number on the door and then I looked at the 108 that was right next to it. And then I looked at the number on the door and I was like, okay, so this is 107. And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I <laughs> found 101. <laughs> and now I'm in my room and I'm safe. And wow. that, Christina Warren, is why I am not going to leave this room to look for a lovely bottle of wine to end my evening with because I will probably crash my car and perish in the Vermont darkness. <laughs> However, um, I will say when I went to pick up my car at LaGuardia on Sunday, they were out of the tiny cars that I had booked, so they put me in a Cadillac. <laughs> oh, my God. This is a perfect car for you. It's so huge. Um, You're in a super pimp Cadillac? Yes. So if you see... Which one? Um, I actually have no idea. I'll tell you. I'll send you a picture of it. Um, if you see somebody <laughs> just wandering around Vermont, incredibly confused, driving a boat-like Cadillac with a Maryland license plate, that's me. And I'm sorry. I think if you've got the Cadillac, you're ready for retirement. I, I was going to say, so. I, well, I was going to say, the Cadillac honestly seems like the perfect car for you on a lot of levels. A because I always consider you as kind of like, um, you know, like a 30 year old golden girl. I feel like that that is you, <laughs> and and I think that's accurate. And and also, um, okay, what what was the name of your car that you, you that you drove growing up? Pip. Pip. Okay. So, and what kind of car was that? That was um, Toyota Tercel. Okay, it's so beautiful. Yeah, you're, you're, you're beautiful to yourself. And so I I'm just thinking, I'm like, this is like this is a worthy Pip successor. Thank you. I, I just I honestly so much think bigger, so. like twice the size. I, I don't know. Like Cadillacs come do they still come with the gold key and the North Star system? Like that's like the comparison to like, look, I love Pip. That Toyota Tercel is the most beautiful car that's ever been Thank made. You. But that's like the difference in uh a, a canoe and the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> right, it's just a. I'm, this is what I'm saying. It's a good upgrade. Like it's a good successor. <laughs> like I'm, this is this is what we call a glow up. This is the glow up. I meme, feel like I'm right? driving a cruise ship. Frankly, 
Well, you are. You are. It's a boat. Like uh, that's that's what I used to call my grandfather's Cadillac. It was the boat. <laughs> oh, and Simone uh, should be driving a Miata, like a thank cute you. little Miata. Yes, that I definitely is, should. That is you. More well, than well, that, well that, that, that's that's a Christina sized car. If I drove, I would definitely have a Miata. Um, because it's hmm. it's the it's one of the only cars that's like small enough for oh. me. But yeah. Well, I am having a delightful time. I did not mean to be at a hotel tonight, but here I am. Um, and I, I feel I'm quite liking it. So I'm going to bum around Vermont tomorrow. Then I'm going back to New Hampshire. Um, and then I'll be back in New York next week. So that is what I'm doing. I'm on vacation, baby. Oh, Envy. I love Vermont so much. It's ugh, I'm so glad I'm here. Um, okay. Hey, Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And you can find my videos at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. Please uh, continue to bully me online to get my office cleaned and everything <laughs> set up because that really helps and will keep me from dying of the the dreaded candies when, when that happens. It really helps, she said, four weeks in a row. Uh and we're in four weeks in a row. The desk is here. The installers are still like, I'm waiting for that to get scheduled. And I I have a chair. It's broken, but I have a chair. Fair enough. We're making progress. You're right. You're right. Brianna, where are you? You can find me on Twitter at Brianna Wu. And you can support Rebellion Pack at Help the Rebellion if you want to help us win the 2020 election. So Tom Cotton does not take uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's uh, place on the Supreme Court or Ted Cruz, which is something that was floated today. Oh, good God. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and at YouTube.com slash Polygon. And I'm Doom Quasar probably everywhere else. Um, and, of course, you can find me bumming around Vermont in a Cadillac with a Maryland license plate. <laughs> Do not speak to me. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone. This episode of Rocket can be rated on Apple Podcasts and leave a review if you so care to. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.